HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Barryville is a hamlet in rural America, part of the upper Delaware River Valley in the western Catskills, but it could be anywhere. Barryville is the climax of civilization. Yeah, the Trump flags are flying, even as gay bikers are rolling through town. This is a hot take on rural America. And whether you're new to rural living, if you've ever been bullied or beaten up in the country, or live in the city and just dream of getting away, this show is for you. Everything's better in Barryville. Can you dig it? We're back. Episode two of the biggest small town podcast in the world. Hello, world. All right. I was getting lost in your dulcet tones there, Johnny, that groovy, groovy, groovy version of everybody's talking. Wait, are we going to hear the punk rock version at the end of the show today? Hell to the yes. Hey, hey, hey. We got we got punk rock. We got a lot of things going on Wait, today. Wait, is it the Yulin Brass Band here today? The Yulin Brass Band is here because we're getting ready for the big tree lighting this weekend. They have a they have a big program planned for us. I'm so excited. It's going to be crazy. But uh, let me ask you, John, before we get started, how's yep. your joint? Uh, your restaurant. Your restaurant. Oh, all right. The bar. Right. The restaurant. Uh, all right. You what do you think I was talking this, about? Well, you never know with you. Come on. You have a sordid past, my friend. Um, the restaurant's okay. Um, on Friday night, we had this like little blackouty surge thing, and then Saturday, it I was uh, slipped away at a friend's birthday party, and I started getting messages from my staff. They couldn't get the power back on. Lo and behold, we run over, and the the meter was fried, and it took Nysig forever to get out there. So we're finally restoring it today. So hopefully, we'll be back up tomorrow. And that is the Barryville Oasis when you're riding to town now, featuring. A giant camel on top of it. And how's that going over with with it's with the townsfolk? We've been getting a lot of camel love. Uh, <laughs> if you guys have if you guys have camel submission names, please email us at betterinberryville at gmail.com and uh, tell us your submissions. I have one so far, and it's from uh, Matt Burns, who is a good friend of mine and farmer, and he he wants to call him Barry, and I like it. I'm going with Ahmed. It sounds fern. <laughs> uh, it, it is crazy though. Now here in Barryville. You ride into town, the first thing you see is a camel, not Mike and Johnny on horseback, as you may have been led to believe. I think it qualifies as a genuine roadside attraction now. I mean, you know, that's what's good about the Catskills. We, we have this long history of, of roadside attractions. And, uh, you know, my husband is from the south, so I think uh, south of the border might have been a little inspiration for him. Instead of dinosaurs, we have a camel. Everything's better in Barry. 
Perryville. That's right. <laughs> well, we got a great show lined Ooh. up today, but I, I want to, I got to mention the t-shirt you're wearing today is just completely out of sight, but I can't say I'm entirely on board. What, queer for weir? Yeah. I mean, Bob Weir, dude, I, I, don't, I don't really quite get it. I mean. What the hell's wrong with you? Bob, Bob, Bob Weir rocks. He's got a beautiful no. voice. No, 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 He's no, got no, great no. yams. No. I mean, come on. Uh, what are you great, talking Great, great. <laughs> you know, those hot shorts. Bob Weir, I once described him in my first book, I believe. I described him as the most useless man in rock and roll. You know what the Grateful Dead? You're total I, trash. Actually, you have I, no I, idea what you're talking about. I actually about. really like no, the he, Grateful he, Dead. He has, a, but he, has this, he has this wonderful voice. He, he, was <sighs> the lo- he really proved himself in the 70s with the disco dead, 70s and early 80s. That's, he was wonderful. That's a beautiful era. And now if you go see him, you know, I was a little hesitant to get into the John Mayer years, <laughs> and he brings new life into the band, and, and now Bob Weir's the patriarch. So, I, I appreciate so take your, it, celebrate it. What I the hell's wrong with I appreciate your you? heartfelt defense of Bob Weir and his short shorts. But you know, nuts. You, know, you, know, you, know, you know what the Grateful Mike. Dead suck at? Rocking out. I mean, I really like the Grateful Dead, right, but I'm a, I'm, Jerry, I'm a Jerry Garcia I'm out. guy. I'm out. I like when they play slow, they play spacey. Jerry Garcia is a very underrated singer. We're getting Bob nowhere Weir. fast with me. It's not, they sound like a bar band when that dude sings. Okay, later. Uh, speaking of bars, uh, I have to say congratulations to my longtime neighbors and friends, uh, Agnes and Attila. Congratulations on your last night of the Carriage House. Mike and I were there last night. It was so beautiful to be there one last time to listen to Attila sort of wax poetic on the last 20 years. Um, congratulations. 20 years is a big, big deal, and um, we're going to miss you guys. And thanks for being great neighbors and hosting all the, all the banquets and events that you've hosted over the past years with that beautiful breast in the background of every uh, prestigious person that it, comes to town. The absolutely fantastic giant oil painting. By Sharon Spiak, who's, who's one of our resident artists who we love, who paints our life. We love her. And it looks like a classical nude in so many unsuspecting politicians had their picture taken in front of that painting. Uh, it is really, uh, the character house speaks to a bygone era of, of these big, grand sort of bars right in the corner there of, uh, right where Pennsylvania meets New York, more or less, on and the river. It's, and it's no easy feat to, to run a restaurant in the woods for 20 years. They did a great job, the Reavers before them, and, um, you know, that's what it is. It was it was a special night, but uh, we're going to miss them. Well, things are changing here in Barryville, but uh, this weekend we have a very traditional happening. The tree lighting is happening, and I'm really exciting. Last year I got to sing your mean one, Mr. Grinch. It was kind of like my, my big star turn here in Barryville. It was nice. Even weeks later, people were stopping me in the supermarket. I kind of put it over. So I'm going to give it another go this year. But this year... I've got the Yulin Brass duo backing me up. And they're here today. And they're here today. They're going to play for us a little later. And we also have... Oh, my God. The, the, the man of mystery, Mr. Fred Bosch, councilman, uh, volunteer, all-around good guy. We are so excited to hear from him because he's a very strong, silent type. And it's going to be really nice to hear what Fred Bosch is I, thinking. I'm, ex- I'm excited. He is sort of like the Eminence Grease of Barryville. And also, you we say... Have the, one we of have the culinary director of uh, food at, at large for, for food, and wine. food and Wine magazine. Superstar Justin Chappell who, who you say is one of Barryville's newer citizens. Uh, so he's only been here 15 years or so. You know, Mike, I feel like you, you need to put yourself in that. You're basically in utero here. You're not, you're not like a regular. You're not a, you're not a local. You, you got nothing. You're in utero. I, that warm feeling I'm feeling is the ambiotic fluid right before I become birthed into Barryville. Listen, I'm a newbie. I've been here 17 years, and still everybody's like, when did you get here, new guy? Well, we're, we're <laughs> going we're gonna to talk about that and so much more right after this. Everything's better in Barryville. All right, we're back. Johnny, why don't you introduce us to our first guest? All right. I would love to introduce the man of mystery in few words. He's a, he's a decorated uh, military veteran. 
he, I see this man at the senior center. I uh, put up the welcome banners all around town with him. And uh, I think he might have been the oldest guy with us, but he was the first one up the pole. He shimmied up the pole and straightened out all those flags uh, when we were working on that a couple years ago. He has a big, beautiful compound over off Steggy's Road. He's a longtime public servant. Let me introduce you to Fred Bosch. All right. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Fred. Wow, Fred, you got more sound effects than any guest so far. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, you're the third guest. <laughs> so, uh, Fred, I've, I've been uh, down to the town council meetings. I, I show up at uh, town hall once in a while. i got to tell you, when I lived in New York City, not once did I go to a city council meeting. Uh, and I'm fascinated by the process in the town. I like to get up and get into it and get involved. But I want to ask you, what are the challenges of running this small town? Well, the, the biggest challenge is to... Uh, do everything for the people as best we can while limiting taxes to the minimum that we can do it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a real triumph. I mean, it's a small operating budget, but we do have a sizable you know, population that's expanding and growing and people are building you know, more and more expensive, beautiful homes and, and, and hopefully that keeps up and keeps things level. Well, I, I saw in the paper that taxes are going down this year. Yeah. Just yeah. it's the town taxes are actually going down just a smidgen because more buildings are going up, so we have more assessed value. So even though our budget is up, uh, the budget isn't up quite as much as the assessed value. Well, that's great. Um, so Fred, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know that you are born and bred here in Highland, but how did your family get here, and how many generations deep are you? Well, my my grandfather came from Germany. In uh, uh, the late 1870s, uh, and uh, uh, he actually jumped ship. He didn't actually come legally. He jumped ship in New York City, and uh, I went to a bar room, and uh, there there was somebody there asking uh, for a farm hand, somebody who knew how to milk cows. He just uh, bought a farm up in Eldred. And my grandfather said he can milk a cow, so we got a job up on the farm on the Crawford Road. And before long, he married their daughter and uh, started a 50-acre farm on Highland Lake. And uh, uh, my father was born in 1891. He was a veteran in World War One, And uh, my mother uh, was born in Brooklyn. And... She moved to a farm in Honesdale, Pennsylvania, and they got together. And uh, I had an older sister by two years, myself, and two younger sisters. That's great. So, uh, how many how many uh, kids do you have, and and how 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 is the the Bosch Kingdom expanding now? Well, right now, well, uh, we we have a, a son and a, and a daughter, and uh, my son uh, was married, got divorced, no children, but my uh, daughter uh, had uh, three children, and she has three great-grandchildren, and she lives up near uh, uh, Hurleyville. So your, your daughter has great-grandchildren. My, she, my, my daughter has uh, grandchildren, ah. and I have three great-grandchildren. Okay, so you're a great-grandfather, but not a great-great-grandfather. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Coming soon, <laughs> it sounds like. Um, so, full disclosure, I, I believe one of your relatives worked for us when we first opened the Bang Bang Bar, Andy Bosch. Yes. Yes, that's he, he's your, that's a cousin. Your, that's, I was going to say, I didn't know if it was your cousin or your nephew. 
He's a great guy. He he was he really lit things on fire when we first started, and he's off in Colorado now, right? Yeah. I, I want to get back to talking about the town council and uh, and this sort of things. I'm fascinated by by these meetings since I, I've gotten here, and um, aren't too many people show up from the public unless there's something really happening, in which case. You know, there could be a few dozen people, which seems you know, like like a Woodstock level event, you know, in the town of Highland. But Fred, what I wanted to ask you is, how can I get more involved? How can I get more involved in my town to help make this a better place? I haven't been here that long, but like I say, uh, I plan on dying here, so that should count for something. It's like a reverse mortgage, Johnny. Right? Okay. I, I want to start getting the dividends now, um, I but I but I want I want to get get up and get into it. I want to get involved. Uh, what should I do? I come to the meetings. Um, right. Come come to the town board meetings. Uh, we have a, a workshop the first Tuesday of the month. You can't say anything at the workshop, but you can listen. And at the uh, second Tuesday is our regular town board uh, meeting, and we welcome comments from the public. That's great. And how long have you served on the town board? Well, actually, uh, I was a deputy supervisor for two years without being elected. I was just appointed. And then I ran for uh, councilman, and I'm just finishing my 15th year. Wow. So I have one more year to go, and then I'll retire. All, All right. right. Well, thank you for your service. Wait, that's, wait. That's that's a, I was going to ask, but I think we just got the answer. We want to know, Fred, will you run again? No, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm uh, uh, on my last term. I have a lot of things to do. I have to take care of my wife. She's not in too good of uh, health. And... Uh, one more year will do it for me. Well, the town will definitely, there'll be a, there'll be a, a deficit there because I, I see you everywhere. I've seen you at the senior center. Like I said, you, you helped us put up the welcome flags with the, with the chamber. It seems like you're always there. I know you, you maintain uh, all the town buildings really wonderful with, with Joe and some other folks, and you guys do a great job. Thank you. All right, well, thank you, Fred. Thanks for your service, both for the United States and for the town of Highland. All right, Johnny, we're going to be back with Justin Chappell right after this. All right. All right, can you dig it? We're back. And our next guest, Justin Chappell, is a chef, a recipe developer, video host, and cookbook author. He is the culinary director at large of Food and Wine and host of their video, video series, Mad Genius Tips, for which he's been nominated twice for the prestigious James Beard Award, no less. He's a passionate home cook on a mission to inspire you to cook more often and have more fun doing it. He's been in more magazines and TV shows that we have time to list, but if you have a TV and watch it in the morning, I guarantee you've seen him. Most importantly, he is our neighbor right here in Barryville, and when he's not cooking at home, sometimes he can be found at Back to Bakers on Taco Tuesdays. I've seen you there. And uh, he's also given my potato lockers a five-star Yelp review, which for which I love him. And uh, right now, right here, let's hear it for Justin Chappelle. Rolling to the hot it is. Howdy, Justin. Hello. Hello, hello. Welcome. Thanks I for promised having me. To the big radio intro, and there you go. <laughs> so, right. I have a question for Justin, if you don't mind. What is your favorite thing to cook around the holidays? Ooh, the favorite thing, my favorite thing to cook. It's probably roast chicken, uh, not just during the holidays, but all year long. <laughs> all right. Fred, what's your favorite thing to cook or eat? Would you Do you cook or are you I, just... I do all the cooking at home. Uh, I, I think Thanksgiving turkey is my favorite. That's great. Well, maybe we'll have you over to carve next year because I'm terrible at that. <laughs> so, so uh, Justin, you ever uh, do too much with venison? Have you had much experience with venison? We're just talking about hunting. It's deer season up here, and people keep promising to bring me some venison, but it never seems to materialize. Fred, I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> I think folks up here are selfish with their venison. <laughs> I like venison chili specifically, and a tenderloin is very nice. Nice. Um, 
Have you ever cooked venison? Do you know what to do with it? I have cooked venison before. Uh, it's not something I frequently cook with because it's not something that I think the masses uh, tend to tend to work with. But I've cooked, you know, I love venison loin, cooked nice and rare, keep it nice and juicy and tender. Tenderloin is amazing. The venison tenderloin paired with a gigantic wine, a gigantic glass of red wine. I mean, the glass itself can be gigantic, but I'm, you know. <laughs> um, and then, of course, it's latka season. I'm excited. You come, coming back to have some latkes this year, Justin? Am I invited? Hell, hell, <laughs> hell to the yes, you are. Uh, yeah. And I, I want to talk about your future plans for, for, for books because, you know, you gifted us a copy of Just Cook It, which is genius. I mean, it, you have recipes in here from, like, shumai stew to, to the cornflake chicken, which, which is beautiful. And I've, I've had this. I, I gave this recipe to a friend, and she made it like a dream. But what, what would your second book entail, or do you, do you already have that on the horizon? Well, actually... That is my second book. Oh. <laughs> uh, my first book is called Mad Genius Tips. It's it's all about like fun kitchen hacks. Uh, uh, Just Cook It's my second book. And I do have an idea for a third book that I don't necessarily want to give away, but it, it, it revolves around a single ingredient, one of my favorite ingredients in the world. And uh, basically the entire book would be based on this one ingredient. It's a squid book. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I I used to love uh, um, the Iron Chef, the original Japanese oh, yeah. Iron the Chef, one that the one that was overdubbed, right? Yeah, the overdubbing was masterful, it was genius. masterful. Yeah, and it, to me that shows like it combined the best things about like professional wrestling and food television all in one package. It's like, and today's ingredient, and you know the master, he went the whole bio, he went across the mountains, he learned, you know, his very very kung fu kind of thing going on, and then of course he arrives, and today's ingredient is. Octopus or yams and uh, or goats. Yeah, oh, I love goat too. <laughs> you know, reminds me to get some goat. Do you ever cook with goat? I love goat. I don't cook with it often, but I absolutely love it. Um, I love like a Jamaican, you know, braised goat. Is just like, oh, it makes me drool. You do do you ever get the uh, goat from Hilly Acres at the farmers market? Have you ever tried that before? I've tried it before. Um, I don't buy it often. I will say, but. <laughs> <laughs> God, you know, a lot of Americans just, they don't get the goat. You know, there's this misconception that it's gamey. And to me, that that's that's not a, a bug. That's a feature. I, I want it to come. I love making goat chili, especially, because it really it really pops. It cuts through everything. So I have, a, I have a question for you, Justin. I think we moved here around the same time, like 2004, 2005. I moved up here um, in 2009. Nine, okay. So uh, not, too, not too far off. Yeah, we used to see each other, uh, the carriage house and then bakers and all the other... Uh, culinary delights around town, uh, but but I wanted to also bring up your husband is a former NYPD police officer, correct? Yes, that is true. And he's completely retired now, right? He is retired from the NYPD. He runs his own business now, which is a walkie-talkie company, um, but he started that uh, before he left the police department. That's great. Um, and how do you think, you know, since moving up here in 2009, what changes have you seen? Oh, I mean, just... First of all, the number of people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we used to escape up here, and now we're escaping people up here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exa yeah exactly. Yeah. It's like fun to go hide out at restaurants where you know you won't see anybody sometimes. <laughs> and I and I know that that the the last couple of years has definitely we've seen an increase, but I actually noticed it years ago. Yeah. Um. You know, and and it's great. Um. You know, a lot more friends, a lot more neighbors, like Mike. Yeah. <laughs> 
but it's you, great. It's, it's, it's funny. Yeah. You guys say, you say, oh, well, you know, Justin's pretty new up here. Like you are, John. You've only been here for 15, 16 years. Okay, so you're but, looking at me. I mean, what does that say? Well, let's about, do the math, okay? Like, know, we look at Fred. Fred said his his father was here, who was born in the 1800s, and he brought him up here, <laughs> you know, when he, you know, he's born up here. So if you do the math, Fred's a lifer. And I've only been up here 17 years, so Justin, you know. You know, so it's funny. So I was saying yesterday, um, I was out back to Baker's last night for dinner. Um, by the way, going back to your question about what I've seen change, I mean, just the places to eat, is you amazing. know, is yeah. amazing. Yeah. I mean, we've got Berryville Oasis, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> we have back to Baker's, which when I first moved up here, um, Baker's was, wasn't reopened. It wasn't back to Baker's yet. It was Baker's that was closed. Yep. And then, of course, back to Baker's open. Right. And then I think it became back to Baker's too, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, anyways, I was there. Uh, I was at Baker's last night, and I was talking about that I was going to be on with Fred. And uh, um, I said, I feel like I'm a local because I've been here since, like, 2009. And then Stephanie, uh, one of my favorite servers at Baker's, mm-hmm. said, honey, you're not a local. <laughs> <laughs> She's like... She's like Fred's a local. Yeah, yeah. She's do like, the, unless, do the math. Yeah, right? unless you unless you grew up here, unless you had family grow up here, you're not a local. Yeah. yeah, but it only takes ten years to be a New Yorker. You know, I mean that has always sort of been been the litmus test. Can you stick it out for ten years? Because especially in New York City, where it's very hard to live, if you don't like it, if you don't love it, there are a lot of better places to go because you really got to duke it out every day just to scratch out a living. Uh, and here, apparently, I will never be a local. No, no, matter, no matter how many how many uh, times I play at the farmers market, no matter how many, I think, I think how many gotta, nights I eat, go to Taco Tuesday at Baker's. I think I've got to ask Fred, like Fred, how long have you got to be here before you're a local? Well, I, I would say about half of your life. <laughs> <laughs> I love that answer. Yeah, I'm working on. I've got yeah, I've got I'm goals o- now. I'm okay. I'll never be a native. That ain't gonna happen. But I, I feel like I'm. You know, I was made to feel very welcome here, largely. You know, which is amazing. Johnny had a lot to do with that, uh, and meeting people like you, Justin. But um, I don't know this whole idea. Like, I will never. I know I'm never gonna be from here. Well, I don't but know. I, if we use if we use Fred's equation, you know, you'll be in your 70s, and that's good enough. You got to prove yourself. I think. Yeah. You know, it's funny because when I first moved up here in 2008, you know, I worked in the city. It was really hard to get up here as much as I wanted to. And one of my goals was to get into a position in my career where I could be up here full time, which fortunately I am now able to do. And I love it. Um, I love it up here all year. Uh, And so if my next goal now has to be to be here for half my life in order to be a local, then that's my new goal. Oh, I thought you were going to say go someplace warm for half the year. <laughs> <laughs> well, we first got up here, you know, we bump into, you know, all sorts of people. Some people who just moved here, some people who've been here for a long time. The question always was, especially from the locals, was, uh, so, uh, are you here full time? Are you going to be here just on the weekends? <laughs> you know, uh, really, really just giving us the once over. But we're here full time. You know, I, I didn't even look in my rearview mirror when I left Manhattan. And I'll tell you what, though. I would have moved up here 20 years ago had I been able to figure it out. This is the bizarre irony of life is that I was living and working in Manhattan, the most expensive island in the universe, and I couldn't figure out how to move to Sullivan County. Fred, have you ever been inclined to uh, to go to Florida when it gets cold, or do you like to brave out the winters? I like to brave out the winters. I, there's so much to do. Uh, we eat our, our house with uh, wood, so I cut, cut trees and... I cut them all into into lengths during the winter, and then I pick them up during the summer and uh, split them and stack them. And plus, well, in the fall there's uh, deer hunting and uh, there's ice fishing and all kinds of things to do. So you don't want to miss a beat. 
No. All right. <laughs> Plus, it's gorgeous up here in the, in the I fall. I love the winter. winter. It's so yeah. still and beautiful. And uh, I, mean, I mean, Hawk's Nest in winter with all the ice flows and the icicles dripping off the side of the cliff. Beautiful. It's, it's spectac- beautiful. It's spectacular. Yeah, I mean, one of, my, one of my favorite things about uh, the winter and the fall, actually, is the landscape totally changes because the leaves fall off the trees and all of a sudden you can see things you weren't able to see before. I can see much further out into the woods and right. see all the wildlife and my neighbors. <laughs> well, it, it's great. I mean, I love watching the change of seasons. I've always liked that. I really feel bad for, you know, the poor people in California, you know, who have palm trees in the summertime or the wintertime, palm trees for Christmas. It makes no sense. I like the change of seasons. And here it's weird. I get to the point now where things coming out of my mouth that I never thought I'd hear Mike Edison say like, oh, the dogwood tree is blooming. Spring's coming. And dog, I don't the, like palm trees. What's wrong with the, you? I like palm trees <laughs> fine, but not at Christmas time. Um, I mean, maybe if you want to escape, but the change of seasons is very, very important. I like the leaves exploding colors, and I like them falling off the trees, and I like it when they come back. And I, I'm always amazed when things turn green again. And the dogwood tree is kind of my barometer for everything. It's the first to bloom, and it's the first to lose its leaves uh, before the winter. So that's it. The, Mike of, the life of Mike Edison as seen by a dogwood tree. All right. I have one more quick question for you guys. What What are your holiday plans? What are you making for, for Christmas dinner? Ooh, I, I think I need Fred to answer that first. <laughs> I, I, I do the standard uh, turkey, about a 15 to 20 pounder, and uh, all, all kinds of vegetables and trimmings. That's our, our standard. That sounds delicious. How about you, Justin? Uh, you know, I love a ham for Christmas because I do turkey all over, you know, around Thanksgiving. And by nature of my work, you know, as a recipe developer, I'm cooking a lot of turkey around Thanksgiving. Uh, Whenever I do a TV show and they want me to do a turkey, then I have doing turkey for that. I'm doing turkey for the holidays. So by the time Christmas rolls around, um, we do uh, a ham for Christmas. We do a brisket for Hanukkah uh, because Jason is Jewish. Um, Of course, we go to Mike's for latkes. And (laughs) but, you know, for New Year's, because it's another important holiday, is I love to make bosom. So I cure a big pork shoulder in sugar and salt overnight, and then you just slow roast it till it melts on itself, and you serve that with, like, kimchi and a som sauce. And I uh, think we're going to be sniffing around your house for New Year's this year. <laughs> I could use some brisket tips, Justin. <laughs> you want to give me some, or should I give you uh, some? No, uh, well, um, you, you know, I, maybe I should talk to your husband. Um, but uh, I, I have a question. Do you have any secrets for ham? To, to keep it, are you like a ginger ale kind of guy or no? I'm a pineapple juice kind of guy. Okay. Why are we driving past the brisket so quickly? Because it sounds like you guys need to have a private conversation uh, about I'll tell your you, I'll tell you the one thing you need to know about brisket. I make the same recipe every year. It's available on foodandwine.com. And it is a, a really easy recipe that that's three ingredients. Canned cranberry sauce, Lipton onion soup mix, and a, and a brisket. And l- l- let me tell you, you just combine those three things. Put it in the oven for a little while. It's amazing. I use a lot of garlic and two bottles of Cabernet. There you go. Fancy. Sounds like a drunk Italian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, at least, you know, they say Jews don't drink, but here's one that does. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for coming out. Happy holidays, and I'm sure we'll see you around town. All right. Thanks, everybody. And remember, every, 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 we're back. Oh, my God. Are Mix, you high on the switch or what? Mixmaster Mike at the controls. Can you dig it? Listen, John, I can't believe you were defending the disco dead, the disco era grateful dead. Seriously? Mike, Mike you're just wrong. 
I mean, there's <laughs> nothing else to say. Like, 70s and 80s Dead was like such a, oh, a musical man. revolution, and it, and, it, and it inspired legions of fans to follow them around, and I was one of them. The I was revolution like a, was, I was over. A, you're, you're wrong. I was a 15-year-old kid that went to Dead shows. I sold... Uh, beer and sandwiches and stuff, and I doubled my money and kept trucking, and I, I had a great time. You know, I mean, I I would have followed wow. Jerry around to the to the ends of the earth, apparently but then he passed were, away. Apparently, you're following Bob around in his hot shorts, and I think you know, <laughs> I do like a yearly Dead and Company show. You know, the thing about the shorts too, it also violates the Mike Edison rule of the the band needs to look better than the audience, which isn't actually that that big of a hurdle. You know to what? Go scratch. With the Go scratch. I love, I love the Grateful Dead. I, I, like I love Skull Bob, and Roses. I love Bob I like, Weir's whole you, get up. I like, like Europe seventy two, but just the, the the Jerry parts. Hold on, Seriously. I just fell asleep. Well, listen, I just fell asleep. Listen, listen, Mister Dance makes disco dead. I'll tell you what. By the time we're do- at the end of the show. We're going to play the punk rock mix of Everybody's Talking, the theme from the show. We've already heard your dance version, which is is going bonkers. I, the, the people seem to like it for whatever reason. I can't believe you and I, we formed a band, and the first thing you did is do a solo record. It's got nothing to do with me. <laughs> <laughs> it, took me it took Mick Jagger 40 years to make a crappy solo record. Well, uh, have you, you are, met me? You are, the go- <laughs> you are the goddess in the doorway. All right. We're going to get back, uh, back, back to the punk rock mix of Everybody's Talking, but first... The news. Let's hear it for Johnny Pizzolatto. What do you got for us today, Johnny? I'm John Pizzolatto, and this is the news to me. All right, all the holiday merriment is coming to a climax this weekend in the River Corridor. Here in Berryville, we have the Berryville Tree Lighting this Saturday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, the Tustin Youth Commission has their tree lighting happening in, in Tustin. And Eldred, the, the wonderful Monteleone brothers, are spreading their Christmas cheer at their Christmas magic at the corner in Eldred. Uh, we also have, uh, on the 17th, Camille and Odetta Hartman performing uh, with others at their Cozy Catskills Holiday Review. And in Calicoon on December 10th, we have Dickens on the Delaware. Oh, and let us not forget, at St. Anthony's uh, in Unilin, they'll be offering Santa pictures at the Recreation Hall. So we are really kicking off the, the Christmas season uh, here in our little neck of the woods, and it's it's exciting. That is some hard-hitting news, John. Thank you. And do not forget archery lighting in Barryville. Did you mention that? I'm going to be returning to do the Grinch one more time uh, this year, uh, backed up by no less than the Yulin Brass Duo, who are here in the studio with us today. They're going to play for us in a little while, and I can't wait to throw the Grinch at you. I'm throwing it hard. I'm throwing some chin music. Speaking of the Grinch... Kanye West, or Ye, has been banned from Twitter again after his appearance on Alex Jones' Infowars for posting swastikas on his Twitter feed and all around advocating for Hitler and neo-Nazism. And it, it sort of aligns with the, the Time magazine uh, lead story today of the legal implications and debate over whether extreme racism is a mental illness. Now, this is extremely poignant and important to me, so please let me pontificate for one hot second. In 2005, you know, Kanye West during a Hurricane Katrina benefit looked straight into the camera. He was appearing with Mike Myers and he said, George Bush doesn't care about black people. Now, while that's a heavy handed statement to say, it it self-admittedly by George W. Bush said it changed the course of his presidency, that he really wanted to focus on race relations and helping the people of New Orleans out. And he really felt like that was a low point of his presidency. And he wanted to look inside and change himself for it. That was such a powerful moment in time. And now we have this mentally ill, deranged rapper, designer, whatever the hell he wants to call himself, 
advocating for extreme anti-Semitism and it's painful and it hurts and especially this time of the year, I really hope that people wake up and see this for what it is and this doesn't spread because the hate has no home on the internet or in our neck of the woods. So please, please, please cancel this man. Thank you very much for that. I'm so upset. I'm so hot and it just keeps burning on and it's it's hateful. It's terrible, but I can't believe you segued from the Grinch to Kanye. That was absolutely amazing. Somewhere, Ed Murrow is smiling upon you. <laughs> All right, that's the news here. Everything's better in Barryville. We'll be back after this with the Eulen Brass duo. Can you dig it? Everything's better in Barryville. And we're back with the Eulen Brass duo. Karen and Jed are in the studio today, and they'll be performing a monster ghoulish hit for us for the holiday season with a mystery drummer. Listen up, here is the Eulen Brass Duo! Thank you. More seasons beatings. That was uh, Karen and Jed from the Eulen Brass Duel and a mystery drummer. Crazy. That was amazing. I love <laughs> I love that tune. I know it's it's maybe not like Christmas, Christmas, but it's my favorite horror day, holiday. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Christmas is a pretty scary time for many of us. John. Oh, speaking of scary times, <laughs> please don't forget to visit my my husband's uh, holiday pop-up at the at the original Bang Bang Bar. He's going to be selling cider and psychological thrilling Christmas cards. Psychologically and, uh, damaging Christmas cards. <laughs> <laughs> and wreaths and Christmas trees and gifts for everybody. So make sure to visit it. 3380 Route 97. It's going to be great. All right. And speaking of psychologically damaging, I'm very, very proud right now Right here, right now, and right everything to debut the Mike punk rock mix, the pulverizing punk rock mix of our theme song, Everybody's Talking. Wait, heard... I'm on this track too. Yeah, you're on this track because I'm inclusive, John. What happened to my drums on your disco mix? Okay, what, ha- what happened to all that suave, suave percussion playing and my groovy, groovy background vocals? It got Seriously. digitized, brother. Digitized. <laughs> yeah, it got left on the cutting room floor well. Call me a Marxist if you will, but everyone's included. Everyone's a VIP when Mike does the mix. So here it is. Without further ado, the punk Punk rock mix of everybody's talk and put on your seatbelt, kids, and let us know what you think. Here we go. Oi, oi, oi.
All right, can you dig it? What do you think about that, Johnny? It's called punk rock. Get Oi. used to it. It's here. It's a thing. That was a blast. I had so much fun recording it. It was so much fun to hear it. Yeah, it was fun. You know, I had fun recording a disco record with you, too. And then what happened? It came out the other side, some sort of like 80s dance mix. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know you think you're breaking records, but the only records being broken around here are Bob Weir solo records. Get, get lost. <laughs> All right, I want to thank Jay Brown, especially for uh, twisting the knot. Twisting the knobs on the punk rock version to make it sound so slamming. And Johnny, you sounded great. Thank you for singing with uh, me. No, of course. And I have to say, like, Jay Braun is like the connection between Mike and I. We both had records produced by him in the past, and he's such a cool guy. And also, thank you to our buddy Alex, who uh, helped us record that song at his studio just off of, uh, of Crawford Road, formerly owned by Albert Hammond Jr. Super exciting. And Barryville is the climax of civilization. All roads lead to Barryville, it would seem. Super so, exciting. So thanks to everybody. Thanks to everybody at Heritage Radio, and especially Matt, our engineer, for cobbling this together. Thank I wanna, you, Matt. I want to thank Tiffany Diamond for bringing us uh, hot chocolate, the best hot chocolate I ever had. And, and congrats cake. to Katie, uh, who just had her baby, the head of Heritage Radio. Katie at Heritage Radio, our Madam Director. Congratulations. And we're going to be back next week with more local luminaries, super celebrities, lots of surprises, and uh, controversy. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is better in Bayville. We're here. Get used to it. <laughs>